Good afternoon, everybody. It is Friday, April 14th, and that means a couple things. One, oops, we're getting close to tax day. Now, this year, uh, tax day is not until the 18th, so it's not until next week, so you have a few more days. Of course, everybody wants to make sure if you need to get the personal and or business taxes or anything like that in for this time period, uh, the 18th is the deadline. Also for this, uh, be sure to check with your accountant, your tax person, as to whether or not you might be entitled to, uh, this is going back a ways now, this is a COVID era benefit that you potentially might be entitled to an employee retention tax credit. This is left over from COVID. It is still available for some. There are a couple different ways you might be eligible for it. If during a specific period of time under these rules, the uh, your income dropped by a certain amount, or if during, again, a certain period of time, you had to cancel events, you had to restrict keep your business closed, not allow many people in. So uh, not everyone's entitled to it. But say if you don't ask, you don't get, it doesn't hurt to check, check on it. Now, we have had a couple funeral homes, I know, that have been uh, attempting to get this. I don't know if they succeeded or not. But one of the things that their accountants needed as part of their looking at whether or not they were entitled to the employee retention tax credit was a list of all of the different restrictions that had been placed on funeral establishments during the COVID crisis. You know, what counties were shut down? What cities were shut down? What were the state rules on how many people could attend a funeral? What you could do? All of that stuff. Well, we have a complete list of that, at least as complete as anybody could compile one. So if it turns out, you find out next uh, Monday or Tuesday, that you need to have that list for some reason, just give us a holler here at the office and we'll send it off to you. So that's the thing with the uh, with the IRS. The other thing that's important since it's coming up, it's April 14th, is we're getting with almost within one month of the convention in St. Charles, Missouri. And the deadline to get the early bird discount, the discounted hotel rates is the 22nd. So it's coming up next week. That'll be uh, the, the, yeah, the end of next week. That's, that's it for getting the discounted hotel rates and the early bird price on the convention itself. So you want to get that in. Now, we have a few funeral homes call up, and uh, they realized that the deadline was getting close. And they said, well, we were waiting on getting our uh, brochure in the mail, uh, you know, something in the mail that uh, the, the, the sign up. You're not getting one in the mail. We haven't been doing that for a while. No, everything's online and we put it out in emails. We put it on the website. I've mentioned it before in these webcasts. We don't send out a mailed registration. There's several reasons for that. One, of course, is the cost. Uh, mailing costs have continued to rise. And so it just was expensive to mail all of those out. Everything's done online now. Other reasons were very often when you did send out a paper registration form, it got put on somebody's desk. And maybe the person put on their desk, maybe that was the person who was supposed to fill out the registration form, but maybe it wasn't. So maybe they didn't pass it along to the person who was supposed to fill it out. 
or maybe they did fill it out, but they didn't fill it out for anybody else in their three location funeral establishment. Nobody else knew it came in. So there were problems with the paper one. It got sometimes it got buried, sometimes it got thrown away, sometimes it wound up on the wrong person's desk. Now, on top of that, it was expensive. So everything's online now. You can get on the webpage, mofuneral.org, uh, and you can write there, you can sign up for everything. Remember, if you're a Missouri Funeral Trust participant, a provider, and uh, you have uh, sold more than 10 contracts in the past year, you get a free registration to the convention. You have to pay for some, some extra things like cardinal tickets, for which there are still a few left. You have to pay for that, but the actual base registration is covered. Now, one other substantive thing that I want to throw out there before we uh, sign off for the day, because once again, I base this very often on the kind of phone calls we get. And we've had a couple of these phone calls this past week or so, and it has to do who owns, and I put this in little quotation marks here, uh, cremated remains. The situations were both like this. You had a husband and wife. It was the second marriage for both of them. They each had children from their prior marriage. It's kind of funny how times we get these phone calls and they're almost exactly alike, even though they're different funeral homes and other sides of the states. Husband and wife, second marriage. They each had children from prior marriages. Wife dies and is cremated. Husband was the next of kin. No problem there. Husband signed the contract and the authorization. No problem there. But then sometime later, husband passes away. Who does, who owns, again, I put that in quotation mark, who controls, who has the rights to the woman's cremated remains in that example? The dispute here that you get, of course, is the children of that woman may want the cremated remains. And the children of the father that just passed away, well, they want to keep the created remains together, bury them side by side, do something like that. <laughs> Who controls? Well, in Missouri, as we've pointed out on several occasions, once the act of cremation takes position, is over. That is taking place. It's done. Therefore, the next of kin rules that we often talk about spouse, kids, going down the list, all the, the normal next-to-kin rules, those don't apply anymore because those rules say, here are the people in the following order of priority who have the right to control disposition. But after cremation takes place, final disposition is over. And of course, as we pointed out many times before, the funeral director then must follow the separate statute as to who gets the cremated remains, and it was the person who contracted for the cremation. Now, in this instance, these two phone calls I've had, which were almost identical, there was no dispute as to who controlled the final disposition. It was the husband of the deceased woman. He's also the one who signed the cremation contract and paid the bill. So that part was easy. The cremation took place, and the funeral home gave the cremated remains to the widower, and that's all fine. But now we have a dispute because the widower also has passed away, and both sets of kids want the, we're not talking about the dad's cremated remains now, we're talking about his predeceased wife's cremated remains. Well, frankly, at that point, and you do have to be delicate, of course, when you're talking to families about this, because it's very easy to make it 
sound like the law is insensitive. And unfortunately, many times the law is insensitive. But in a very real sense, at that point, the cremated remains would be no different than any other property. And I hate using that word, but property that the deceased man owned at the time of his death. Whoever is getting his property, well, that belonged to him. Under the statute, that was something that he had the right to. And there's no statute that says that those cremated remains of the woman after her husband passes away goes to anybody else. There's nothing in there that says, okay, yeah, dad had the cremated remains of his wife, but after he goes away, the children from the first marriage gets them. Nope, doesn't say that anywhere. So the only way that you can logically treat it is just like anything else that the deceased widower owned at the time of his death. And that included, again, hate using that kind of language, but that's about all we've got to deal with. That included his predeceased wife's cremated remains. So in both of my examples, the only logical inference says is that if they want them, they would go to the heirs of the husband, the widower. That cuts out in that example the kid, the kids of the deceased woman from her first marriage. Obviously, that could be a dispute. Now, as I always tell people, anybody can sue anybody for anything. Anybody can go to court and try to convince a judge they're right. So you always follow court order. If one of those kids on either side goes to a judge and convinces a judge that, hey, I want a court order saying that I get these cremated remains, well, you follow what the court order says. Uh, if, and I don't care if the judge is right or wrong. You follow what the court order says. If somebody wants to appeal what that judge says, well, that's up to them. But you get an order from a judge saying, give something to somebody, by golly, you should be following that court order. But absent the court order, well, you, the person that would be entitled to them, who's ever the heirs of the deceased, just like any other property that they might have. So obviously that can be a nasty dispute. And perhaps cooler heads prevail in these disputes and somebody gets along with, says, look, even though this group of kids have the right to cremated remains, maybe we should give them to the other group. Or maybe we should share how the, the decision on how these cremated remains are handled or something like that. It'd be nice if everybody could just get along, but we know, unfortunately, that doesn't happen. So that's all we have here for today. Remember, it is getting close to convention time. The other thing uh, that I need to throw out there is the next uh, law class to, that goes over Missouri statutes and regulations is also coming up. And we'll make sure you absolutely correct date on that. It is May the 3rd, Wednesday. That's the only time we're doing it in May. There are still a few spots left for that. Not many but a few spots left for that. So if you know somebody that wants to take the law class, the only time we're doing it in May is Wednesday, May 3rd. We're doing it earlier because if we do it later, we run in too close to the convention. And those deadlines for the convention discounts is coming up in just a little over a week, April 22nd. So make sure you get online and get those in. If you have any trouble logging in, if you have any trouble registering online, just give us a call here at the office, 573-635-1661, and we will take care of you. And until then, stay safe.